All right, sounds good on my end. I don't know about yours, George. Have you done a sound check? Yeah, just doing one right now. It looks good. Kill. Are we ready? I'm ready. Yeah. This episode of Gay Table is brought to you by Valhalla Hobby. Use code TABLED to get 5% off any order over $100, one use only. That's ValhallaHobby.com. Brought to you by some guys on the internet. This is Getting Tabled. With your hosts, Jason the Bruce. You okay? George the Yang. I hope you're all entertained by my ineptitude. Jason, a.k.a. Major Socks. We've been doing this and talking about various stuff. One of the stuff. Now sit back, relax, and get tabled. Hello, future people, and welcome to episode 124 of Getting Tabled with your host, the Bruce. Hello, folks. We're back for another fortnight. Me with my very carefully placed microphone. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about and you've noticed it, then you know what I'm talking about. We also have the main man, the man with the regular lighting. It's Major Socks. Yeah, as you can tell, I've got nice white lighting compared to my co-hosts who have green and uh, we'll call it teal for George up there. <laughs> yeah, I've got some sort of a color f- filter setting going on that's weird because the light is very green. It's so green I see purple after I stare at it. Anyways. <laughs> Back from a for another episode. What are we on, Em? Uh, one twenty-four. Oh, yeah, I, I said that one twenty-four. Yeah, that's right. You did say that. It's good to know you guys listen to me. <laughs> what we listen? Did you did you hear something, Socks? No, I didn't. Maybe we should wah, talk wah, about something as George wah, or Joyce's dimension. <laughs> Newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. All right, and we're starting off, I figured we'd start with Blacksite Studios. Uh, We did kind of talk about what this was last episode, but it is actually live now, uh, and we have prices and so forth, so it's actually worth having a look at. Uh, The Breacher Backroom has started for Blacksite Studios. So Breacher is very much, Where Don't Look Back is a horror movie, but on the tabletop. This is an action movie, but on the tabletop. It's very asymmetrical in the way that it's been designed. You'll basically have your player that's very much, it's a one-man army type thing, it is your John Wick it is your Arnold Schwarzenegger in anything that he's ever been in um, versus the bad guys that's your hordes of bad guys and so on and so forth Um, I've actually really been enjoying what I've been looking at to be honest Uh, what we will notice however is that this is where Don't Look Back was kind of insanely huge and included everything they kind of realised that because it included everything there's so many things that go wrong they're trying to consolidate what these offerings are and make it so that delays in that happen less frequently and there's more stuff that they can control. So there's definitely still some really nice stuff here on offer. Um, but you can buy the rulebook for thirty, basically 35 bucks. That includes the core rulebook. Uh, it has some simple tokens in there that you can photocopy and stuff. But there is also an upgrade that you can purchase for the cover, which actually comes signed. I think largely you're paying for the fact that there's only 100 of this version available and the fact that it's actually signed and numbered by the actual writer of the game. Uh, just for the record, the pre- price that's on the cover upgrade is literally that it's just an upgrade it's not the full thing so you would purchase that on top of your regular package um there's a digital bundle for basically 70 bucks which is everything but digital um so you've got printable versions of all the tokens printable versions of all the cards the rule book and stls and then we get into tier one which is i think what most oh no up the top where you're looking at rules only there's so for 60 bucks you're getting the rule book the cards and the top 
tokens. I, I think that's probably where most people will end up going. It's actually really affordable. Uh, tier two is the same thing, but then it also comes with all of your minis, um, which is the better part of 150 bucks. Uh, this is all going to be resin, obviously. Uh, so you get six different breacher minis, uh, and then you get a whole heap of civilians and hired guns and whatever stretch goals happen. Then we get down into the terrain bundles. Uh, personally, I really like the first one. Oh, well, they're both nice, but I really like the first one because I'm looking at that and going, ooh, I could use that in Entropy City. Not that I need any more Entropy City terrain, but it's... Yeah, I was going to say those uh, stacked shipping containers would be perfect. Yeah, and the, uh, a rust on them, and that's all that you really need to do. And the, the beat-up warehouse, too, is pretty appropriate yeah, I really well. like that warehouse, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then there's this this one over here that's very much kind Middle of Eastern. a European, Eastern European type area. And then we're getting into our unlocks, which is going really well for them, honestly. Uh, the next one is Solo Rules, which is to be unlocked. So I think that's probably one that a lot of people will be excited for. And then we which, get into all of the other stuff that you can buy if you want. So They're they're less than a thousand away from that, so. Yeah, uh, I have not backed this at this stage um, because I'm trying to be... Sp I'm trying to be smart with my purchases. I'm in the middle of developing a game of my own. So realistically, I don't get a lot of time to play other things. Um, and we'll go into more about that later. But yeah, I'm really liking what I'm seeing here. I think I definitely want a copy of this game at some point. Uh, the thing I like about this is that you really could play this with whatever minis you wanted. But if you're in a place like me where like getting the minis and stuff from Black Sight Studios is, let's say, difficult. It's not hard. Cost, it's just difficult cost prohibitive. Not, um, there is a video on our YouTube channel that went live on Wednesday that talks about something I've been researching for the last 18 months. And I've literally been saving myself hundreds of dollars. Uh, I saved myself $90 on the terrain that I purchased last year. That was the, um, the trailer park that I purchased. I saved myself $70 on... This is all rounding up, by the way. Uh, on the um, Don't Look Back stuff, I saved 70 bucks on shipping for that. And I saved roughly 40 bucks on the Hermetsu package because it was a smaller package. So nice. um, definitely worth watching if you're in an area where um, the shipping is prohibitive. The other one from Black Sight Studios is not live yet. We kind of teased this last time as well. But Night Thirst is coming on February 14th, which is just... I, I love the fact that they're releasing this on Valentine's Day. That's hilarious. Um, and this is done by Witty. Sorry, Whittle. Um, we generally call her Witty on the uh, Twitch. Yeah, Twitch half the time. Uh, this is um, somebody that's been involved with Black Sight Studios for a while. She's like done quite a few unboxings and stuff for them. Uh, she also features as a mini in one of Malev's games. Uh, in hang on, in Demon Ship, there's a miniature you can buy of Witty. Um, this basically is a world where it's like it's a vampire's world. It is kind of still work in progress at this stage. It's not out yet. Going out for pre-order on the 14th. Um, the vampires kind of like that they've got the government in their pocket and the, the government has allowed these competitions to happen at a certain time and there's all different sorts of vampires. It's very much Vampire the Masquerade-esque where they're, all of the vampire tropes that you can think of are all there and they're all different families and stuff and they're all competing to see who can suck the much blood essentially. I, I'm oversimplifying it but at this stage there's obviously only so much information that's out there yeah. too. But it's going to be a battle royal. It's kind of another one of these you can kind of do whatever you want with it to some extent. It sounds like it should be a lot of fun. Um, and Whittle Goblin is really, really fun to chat with. She's definitely somebody I'd give a follow to. Uh, but that's it on the Black Sight Studios front. Shall we talk about this small unknown company from the UK? Because we got a whole bucket load of previews this week. So LVO's happening. Las Vegas Open. This is one of the very... This is one of the, what, six or seven times a year where they do their large previews time. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, it, it is first um, quarter, so... Yeah, yeah, this is... This is the 
the first major one of the year. Uh, one of these ones, one of these ones is one I've been waiting for for quite literally a decade. Uh, it's not this one, although this does, I actually do like the look of this. So this is the new kill team that's coming. We've got Night Lords, uh, and the Night Lords look honestly fantastic. Um, like obviously that's much more detailed than what we've seen previously. Mm-hmm. They do feel very much, Night Lords are just horror, vampiric looking things, although they're not the vampire space marines, but that is basically where a lot of their stuff comes from, looks wise. I really like the look of those. They look like a lot of fun. I quite like the blood that's dripping off that um, that blade, although you could easily make that blood. It's like poison that's dripping off the blade. You could easily make that blood. And the, um, I can't think what they're called, but the blade things, the wolverine claws is what I'm going to call Lightning claws. I know they have a proper name. Lightning claws, that's it. And then we also have... The drow? Uh, well, they're, yeah, they're space drow. This basically looks like a shadow elf thing what featured in Warcry. Uh, and I want to say that they've sci-fied it, but they really haven't. I actually really like the look of this, to be honest. But it looks... They look way too close to, to the things that they did in um, Warcry. The, they don't really feel 40k at all. No, they look more Sigmar-esque. Um, with the exception of the couple, the swords, the way the handles are shaped and designed, they have a very wraith mm, feel from Stargate Atlantis. Um, <clears throat> these, no, the, these don't look anything 40k enough for me at all. I mean, maybe it'll come up to how you paint them. Maybe you can paint up the blades to make it look like there's power surging through them or something, but I, I think there's been a misstep here, personally. Now, one thing I will give these uh, a lot of credit for, and it will take someone with a, a good fair amount of skill, the mm. uh, patchwork leather robes that they're oh, wearing, yeah. um, that wouldn't be too hard for someone with some skill to you know make it look like skin. Yep, that's exactly where Marmod was too. If you really want to go gross, that's the direction you want to go. Um, like the shadow power thing there, where he's kind of like got this cloak that he's hiding behind type thing. Personally, I think... I don't like the red in it. I think I would probably go, like, I'm tempted to say blacks and blues, so it's kind of similar to the skin, maybe? I don't know. Or just stick with black and grey. I will say this. That, that feels off. I am thoroughly in, I am I am thoroughly enjoying the uh, the sculpted, you know, flame that is part of the mini. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Because I also love what they've done with the tattoos in that way, too. Because that's just something that's like, it adds so much more to the action and dynamic of that miniature with, with that flame on it like that and that's something that like you know only a small percentage of to do that you know a- after after uh putting it together I-, I really do like the look of these the only issue that i have is that they don't feel like they fit in the world yeah but at the same time i kind of want to flip the script on these entirely and make them be extremely pale with really dark hair because then they look like the girl from the ring and i actually think that would look really good. i mean i know they're supposed to be dark elves but in space but that's just where my head goes because of the way that the hair's been styled and stuff just make them go really emo although here's my argument though you know yes they look like the drow and you know under dark and no light uh usually things that exist like that you know they have no pigmentation so they should be white well yeah oh. that is true <laughs> that's a really old argument but you are right yes, um right. next up it does happen sometimes next up speaking of Warcry, so we get a next look at the box for Warcry. this has kind of been very marmite this one um the ghostly guys essentially look the same as all of the other ghostly guys that they like that, that, that they've done i actually do like the look of these but they kind of all feel like they're the same at this point however this last preview of the ghosts here where they've kind of flipped the script on how they're painted makes me really want to do that with all of them because i actually really really like the white and then the, the paint jobs on the, those are absolutely yeah. brilliant yeah i mean the paint jobs on all of them are phenomenal but i really like 
like the going with the white sheets and because that's what ghosts are supposed yeah. to be theoretically right um and then it also means because the, the the um magic and the fire and stuff amongst them kind of gets lost because it's meant to be like dark flame right where against the white sheet it really stands out of course painting white on a games workshop mini is a nightmare but i actually think that would be worth the frustration just don't use citadel paints and you'll have yeah. a wonderful time uh, um, and then for some reason say, yeah go you go go ahead i was gonna for some reason the next ones when um beasts of war were talking about these guys they couldn't quite picture what they were supposed to be these are very clearly supposed to be lumineth models mm-hmm. um they're just lumineth models that are in um Warcry. i actually yeah. think these are probably amongst the better lu- i didn't like the original lumineth i do like these though these have a very um oh kind of a golden compass like yeah um uh steampunk kind of vibe to them with the yeah no i can with see the that. armor um I can definitely um, see that yeah uh oh, oh what's uh the character from uh street fighter with the uh the mask vega? The, yeah that's that's the vibe i'm getting from is like a the very vega vibe yeah i could see that what was the other comment you were gonna make or did i kind of say what you were gonna say uh, the, so i i just i said what i was gonna say after you said it with the, oh, okay. the very um you know the golden compass-esque type feel to them you know with the the, the knee-high boots the you know there's some plate armor but it's not full-on plate you know because just protect the vitals the rest of it's whatever you know it's yeah yeah uh, i actually really really like the terrain piece on this as well um i mean i know most people don't buy this for the terrain but it just it's a really nice looking piece to some i mean it's very fantasy-esque but honestly i think you could kind of make an excuse for this anywhere it's just something that's really old if it's meant to be 40k then obviously you just weather it up insanely uh whereas it still looks like it's kind of freshly broken with the way they've painted it here it looks too clean if anything yeah the, um, the, only, thing, the only thing that really jumps out and like looks great is the uh, shattered gem in the top that's probably my favorite part of it i kind of wish that they'd done that with one of the eyes as well um socks yeah i probably should have asked you this about the previous one as well we'll go back to that in a second but anything stand out amongst this for you uh like you were saying i like the, the white cloaked ghost with the, the flames of it yeah the black ones look nice too but i really do like how it stands out more on on the white ones um, yeah but, but they're, they're all they're all gorgeous they're yeah. just that they look the same as all of the rest of the ghosts that they've already done yeah, yeah. um like there's a whole army of these guys and they kind of all look the same but i just really like that paint job on the previous one where it was like the dark elves and the night lords i know that you don't really have a background in any of these but does anything stand out kind of the night lords you like the night lords yeah the the way the the dark elves hair and stuff like that it just seemed really odd that it's all drooping into their face and you can't really see their facial features all you're seeing is this curtain of hair true it'll make them easier to paint have you not seen emos come on that's (laughs) true (laughs) all right moving on and yeah this is the one people that have been listening for a long time know how long i have wanted this you have those that know me in real life know even more how long i've wanted this when i started 40k this is what i wanted i've never heard you say anything about this i want a crew army (laughs) and i'm going to get it this unfortunately means that i can't i can no longer talk about whether i will or will not get into 40k this means i am building and buying a 40k arm as opposed to trying to justify painting one because i have the model sitting there doing nothing so is this going to be a army is what i want is this going to be a standalone or is this going to be it's part of the towel you can either run it with the towel or you will be able to run them by themselves as well oh really okay so we're getting it i I know back in the day and uh when i went to uh comic-con i think that was 2001 uh they were unveiling the Tau army at the san diego comic-con and yep. the crew were you know they were just the infantry for for this army 
So if they've expanded yes. it to where it is, is standalone off ish enough that you know that's that's kind of cool. There was a point in time where the crude had been extended. I mean, we've had the crutox for a while. We've got a new crutox as part of this. There used to be something called Narlox, which were basically the crutox, but even bigger again. But you could only buy them from Forge World, uh, and they were available for quite a long time, and they were gorgeous models. But apparently, they just sucked in game, and there was no point ever taking them because they were just completely useless. Um, but Forge World unfortunately cancelled them right at the point where I was where I had enough money to buy them, and I got very upset and very angry at the time. Um, I actually did manage to find some secondhand on the aftermarket that I have somewhere, um, but I won't need them at this point. So th this th there's a lot in this preview. So we have a flesh shaper and a war shaper, although they're in the other. Th it's actually the war shaper first, then the flesh shaper. Uh, the shaper has always kind of been the leader of the crew. Uh, but they're kind of expanding on it. It's always been hinted that there were actually different types of shapers, but we're getting them in a more official capacity at this stage. So the war shaper is your general type person. I, I actually think that's the nicer sculpt personally. It's just the one that I like. Not that the other one's bad. It's just that's the one that stands out to me. Um, and then the flesh shaper is the one that decides what they will eat to help because they eat things and then essentially instantly evolve type thing. Uh, that they evolve to gain the strengths of whatever it is that they they are eating. They are carnivores, quite literally. We then have re-sculpted crit. These haven't been properly re-sculpted since they were done. So this is since you went to San Diego Comic-Con. We did get that kill team last year, but this is an actual proper re-sculpting. And for the very first time, do either of you remember what my complaint was for the kill team? You may no, not. No, not, not off the top of my head, no. They were all basically just standing there and like there was no Some running poses and no nothing. Yeah. Because they are supposed to be fast, nimble, and agile, and we actually have running poses in this. We still have standing poses, which is fine, but we actually have proper running poses now. Uh, this kit looks phenomenal. Also, I love the little puppy crude hound. He's just so cute. And then I think this is what has stood out to most people. The new Crutox looks amazing. I do have an old Crutox somewhere. I wish I could find the damn thing. It's in a box somewhere. I can't find it. I bought it for Kill Team and never used it, and it got put somewhere safe. And the problem is, is that I've put it somewhere safe, and now I don't know where it is. I love this thing. Uh, we've got a new gun option, which looks gorgeous. And then we also have the Narlock Ravages. So where the previous one could be built as like a gun platform or like a close combat thing, they've just released them as separate things. So there's actual poses that look like they're attacking you in close combat, uh, which is something famously Tau have never really had, is anything that was any good at close combat. Not that I'm expecting these guys to like outdo the Blood Angels or anything, but they actually have something that can do something in close combat now, which is good. I actually think the Ravagers are my favourite sculpt of what we've seen so far, personally. I just love the dynamic poses in them. They're uh, <coughs> lizard bird people, uh, Third Wolf Cavalry, essentially. Pretty much. I've always been a, a very big fan of the Kroot. They've always been my favourite alien race in the universe. Um, apparently, this is also not everything that they're showing off. So this is going to be a fairly large release by the look of it. It's, it's been no secret. Like, this has been something the community have been screaming for for a long time but we're actually getting it and it's not just oh we've got a new model we're getting a yeah. huge amount like there's been rumors that this has been coming for something like eight years now like every year there was a new rumor that this is the year they were going to do it uh i mean all of those rumors were clearly just made up for attention but it, it's actually here it's actually happening i only have one thing that disappoints me which is that now i have to try and join the queue of everybody that's trying to buy this at the same time oh, and hope to god i actually get my it my god yeah which is going to be nigh on impossible it's going to be nigh on impossible for me to get this but i need to have this 
in my life. Ironically, I really don't care about the fancy book because we will get a we will get a Tau Codex anyway, um, and then this will probably have five hundred errors in it that they have to cancel, and I'll have to buy it again. Um, or or it'll have uh, I need this box twenty op things that they'll have to redact and like pull out before you know the first tournament because you know yeah it works so well but to get a uh, Voton sold. I will have to join that queue. Like we have no connections of anywhere that we would be able to get this. I I, I could go. I have been a fan of this for a very long time. Games Workshop, please. Uh, but I'm also not going to sit here and never criticize them, so that will never happen. Um, I will always be openly critical when they do things that I'm not a fan of, but I have nothing negative to say about this. I am I am in for this. This will be a major purchase for me this year. <laughs> All we need to know is when. Um, yep. Socks. Obviously, again, you're not a 40k person. Nope. Uh, what do you think about space bird people? Uh. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they kind of look good, cool. I kind of like the one that's uh, riding on his mount with the big huge twin barrel uh, gun so. mm -hmm. yeah I, I do like the um the screaming head by the way I think the screaming head because of the way it's the the angle of the photo makes it look very cartoony but I think it's the angle of the photo not the way because it's been painted gorgeously um I don't I, I kind of like it too it gives it kind of like a like the the velociraptor look from um Jurassic Park the way it's it's coming down but up to scream at you yeah true um do you have anything else you want to add George no because no. I've been looking at the next one um any predictions on what else we're getting. Uh, I'm guessing there's going to be some sort of a flyer unit. A flyer unit would make sense. I'm hoping that we're going to get a Narlock because there's no big kit in this. Mm -hmm. So we could get a Narlock or we could get the, I can't remember what they were called, but there were there was another one of these that were, no, they were not, there was Narlock Riders and then there was the Great Narlock, which is the giant one, um, which were basically like the, the Krutox, but they were more actual Raptor-like things and they rode around on them um so i'm thinking that those two would make sense but i, I like the idea of a flying unit as well because there's a lot of things in the law that we have yeah, never sure. seen so yeah uh on to the next one which apparently has george excited so for the first time in a long time it's a model with built-in terrain basing that i actually like the thing i like about this terrain piecing is that it's something that you could actually put anywhere like this could be in the middle of a city this could be something that's in the middle of the forest um it, it actually works because it's just a ruin that could be mm -hmm. anywhere yeah, yeah. This appears to also be... Th this is, again, something from the um, Lumineth, because that's the uh, cow symbol thing, right? Yeah, but I think it's... It says it's Oh, a, no. It's a no, new it's, factional it's from the, It talks about the Sisterhood of Cain, so this is the witches, whatever oh, they're called. Oh, yeah, yeah, But she doesn't have any snake things on her. Hmm. Might be a new faction, yeah. I actually really like that. The wings are maybe the best wings they've done, which might be a shout, but I don't um, think I'm far off the mark with that. I'm trying to remember. I mean, because they're just normal feathered wings so uh magnus yeah. the red for 40k he's got wings similar to that um uh the other zinch stuff uh feathered wings so uh it's just it's more often than not it's leathery bat dragon wings that you see on things it is it's the daughters of kane so it's not yeah. a new faction at all yeah oh it is daughters of kane yeah so but it's just it, it's a new boss among them we haven't really seen something new for the daughters of kane for a long time really just re-releases and re not since they came out yeah um socks uh uh, again, the hair. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, I, I'm not much of the lore, but I know it's... Uh, this is kind of has an otherworldly kind of presence about it. So I'm guessing the fact that she can't see through her hair does
doesn't yeah. really matter. But Probably what the Ravens are for. That, that's what my, my, my mind was, yeah. yeah. So my, my one complaint about this model, and it's not the built-in terrain, it is her staff. Because it's fragile. That thing is going to break whatever you look at it wrong. Yeah, it will. Um, But it does look really nice. Mm-hmm. This is a model that you will want to magnetize. You do not want to put this in foam. Yep. Yeah. Um, not unless you can build it in a way where the arm that's holding that is magnetized to come on and off. That would be the only way I would consider carrying mm-hmm. that in foam personally. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really like this. Next up, we have Callus and Pole, which is just two new heroes for the Age of Sigma. This is also coming out of the same book, uh, but this is a little bit more, a little bit more straightforward. Couple of more heroes. Uh, my favourite of which is the guy with the dual pistols because that's just cool. Ironically, he looks like he's standing on a base that's been made by every third-party company that's ever been made. These uh, don't look like Games Workshop bases at all. They look like, and, and I'm meaning this as a compliment. Normally, Games Workshop bases are fairly average-looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, these look really good. I'm, I'm going to have to give my money to the uh, the Sigmarite in armor with the uh, Griffhound. He looks. Yeah, I like the Griffhound. He looks. Probably stunning. the best-looking Griffhound I've seen too. But yeah, no, he does look really cool. Not that any of them look bad. Um, there, there's one that looks bad. Which one? The one with the creepy-ass hairless cat. <laughs> Those things are disgusting looking. Yes. Well, yes, but it's also supposed to. No, that's what it's supposed no to fun like. story. The, the, this is an actual true story. Vet clinics typically have a cat roaming around. You know, it's just whatever. This one clinic had a hairless cat. And the intern's mm-hmm. job for the summer was to go around and wipe off the butthole prints off the glass counter from the hairless cat sitting on it. Because there is no oh, hair lovely. to keep it from suctioning down and leaving a mark on the glass. Yeah, lovely. Right? So they're gross. Um, I think the only one I've got anything negative to say about is like the rogue with, with like the, the rope because it just looks boring. It doesn't look bad. It's just dull. There's nothing really going on there. It's the only real negative thing I've got to say. I'd like it more if there's more face showing. Yeah. Yeah. Or just something more happening other than somebody swinging a rope. Um, well, To go no. along with the cat, I'm not a fan of the uh, the human with her either. I I, I think the paint job lets that down, person. Um, I don't know. I, I like the whole half mask thing, but there's something missing on it. I don't know. Uh, moving on. The last thing from the LVO previews that we got was for the Horus Heresy, and we have the Solar Auxilia. Um, George probably knows more about the Solar Auxilia than I do. I, I can't remember who they are, um, but this is something that has been getting a lot of attention. No. I think this is just really early Astra Militarum, right? I mean, yeah, they're, they're, it's definitely Imperial Guard. They've just got actual like armor and like helmets. Um, I still, like These look really pretty. Um, I can't really... I'm not a Horus Heresy person. I mean, the story is amazing, yes, but it's not something I'm interested in playing um, because it's just an earlier version of 40k um, and it's a version of 40k that I didn't enjoy. So it's not something I'm really overly interested in playing. But I do like these models. I do think these models are really cool. Uh, The benefit of these models over other tanks is that these actually look like their own tanks and not every tank that's ever been released known to man. Well, I mean, so if you look at the, the one picture where you know it's got the box with the box art and everything and you see the two tanks and the troops and stuff mm-hmm. the one in the back lo- back left that is uh very clearly and obviously a layman russ yeah 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 so, um i I'm, I'm scrolling through the troops and i don't know if it's a trick of the angle but one of them looks like he's bulkier in the torso than the others and i don't Describe know if it's... which model are you talking about is it the first lot of troops or the second lot of troops okay so if we go to the one that has the banner and then the guy with the plasma pistol right and then you go yep. one two i guess two to the left works um two 
the left so they've, they've both got uh las rifles but the one on the right his torso looks bulkier and his thighs look bulkier too like he looks like he's a, a bulkier mini than the other one um i don't know if it's just a trick of the the angle of the camera or if they've gone through and they've made them like varying sizes which i think it's your eyes because i pretty much can tell you that that's exactly the same pair of legs is it it is literally okay. the same pair of legs oh on, one, yeah i'm two, saying, three yeah. four one two three yeah because the, the folds are exactly the same in the pants too okay i think the angle is slightly different as what's going on but but you see what i'm saying though it's like the one in the on the right of that it, he looks bulkier yeah i think it's so. just a slightly different angle just ever so slightly because where that the fold in the knee is on the edge if you look at the one on the right you don't see as much of the next pair of, bit uh, of fabric yeah. so i think it's just that he's angled just a little bit differently but otherwise they are the same legs yeah and in yeah, fact they are. i think most of them are like that oh no no they're not um next lot of troops is kind of like your hero type stuff and we get another look at a different it's the same banner but a different body uh i think this and is the guy that dies first anything for me yeah. the guy that dies first yep usually banner so the the first one uh bald head with the the sword and whatnot you go one to the right and he's got the little antenna thing coming to his back yeah that's the radio operator he gets shot in the face first and saving private ryan <laughs> okay yep also by the way i love how dumb this aerial looks i mean this is another thing that's going to break in an instant but it looks it looks like something that would exist 50 years ago but in a really good way i mean you could also just scratch build that out of some pipe cleaners but i don't know i kind of like the aerial despite how fragile it's going to look well it, there's a difference between like you know a 28 mil with a little thing coming off of it like that versus a big hero model with one that's coming off another two inches off the top yeah that is a good point with all but the spines on it as well yeah where this is kind of more rounded um mm -hmm. the one thing i don't like but i do like what they have what they were trying to do is i don't like the walker it just doesn't do anything for me um but i can see where like i, I can see how the modern day walker came from this mm -hmm. uh it's just that that personally really doesn't do anything for me i just don't like how it looks that's just me personally i don't suppose you've got any thoughts socks again oh. i know we're talking 40k so it's not your thing <laughs> but no i kind of like the the walkers but i used to play... you like the walkers yeah because i used to play dust tactics and so yeah that's very steampunkish with the walkers and stuff like that and so i enjoyed playing around with the walkers from dust tactics so well as nice. much as i have bitter opinions about that company i will sit here and say i think they've today to date still made the best walkers best looking walkers ever made i, I um, will also say too look at these you know it's you know that walker has a very star wars-esque look to it i, I was gonna yeah, say that, that looks that's very not much accidental. like an atst that's that's not accidental the, the the current one looks like the atst too yeah so yeah interesting to see stuff modeled from the age of darkness um so yeah it's going to be interesting to see when this happens i suppose i assume that it's not far off but that's an assumption and then finally from the games workshop front we have some more old world stuff um and i don't believe there's anything in this that's new at all this is literally all old kit um as far as i understand um but we've got the orcs and the goblins uh it's all of the boys that you're used to um so they are getting their own stuff i do quite like the squig um the old troll is was always fun the, the troll hag was always a fun kit um i don't like the bone grinder giant no not the bone what, what's the whatever the dragon stupid thing is the wyvern i don't like that i never did um but that's fine i don't have to like everything the one thing i do like and 
shouldn't is the Marauder Giants. Like, I shouldn't like these at all because they're so old. I'm not an old hammer person. I understand the nostalgia people have for it, but generally I'm not. But I really like these. Mm-hmm. These feel like they're out of a cartoon from the 80s or the 70s. So I didn't mention this last time. And it just, mm-hmm. it really just stood out to me when I when I looked at these. And it's it's making me a little grumpy. Mm-hmm. It says Warhammer, right? And it's the old school Warhammer. And it says the old world. It yep. doesn't say fantasy. It says the old world. Okay, I'm also fine with that. The box is blue. Uh, now, you did mention this last time. I did? You wanted it to be red. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. So maybe I did mention, notice it and mention it. But yeah, I, I, I think you I wasn't should've... so grumpy about it. It was just a joke that you made at the time. I, I, I think I'm grumpier about it now. S- seeing it again, like, it be red. Um, like, we kind of touched on this last time. Like, the negative opinions that are out there about the old world is generally about the pricing of everything uh, because all of these models are so ancient at this point that it's almost offensive that they're that expensive. Um, I'm just going to reiterate the same thing I did last time. There was enough begging for this game to come back that at this point they can justify it. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong, but th- there is justification there, at least mm-hmm. in their eyes. They've added complications to their business trying to launch a new game at against arguably the most popular fantasy game going right now. Um, and people wanted the old game with the old minis. It's literally what they were begging for. So they got it, but they're having to pay for it if they need it. Um, it is what it is. It's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Uh, from what I've been hearing, this has been selling too well. Too well is my opinion. Uh, it kind of scares me how well this has been selling because it just makes it really obvious how gullible some people are, unfortunately. Well, or, you know, the, the people that say they have been wanting it that were absolutely furious with the death of fantasy are, oh, thank God it's back. I'm going to go buy this. You know, yeah. I mean, w- we have been shown that Games Workshop has zero capability of paying attention to or listening to its fan base because mm. they're still running on this crap website that is worse to get onto when something releases to buy stuff now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a thing. Um, but look, uh, it's it's here. I'm kind of surprised that we're getting the previews for the next lot of things already, given that like, the original two aren't even out yet. That concerns me. Um, because this is a preview of a like this is something that's coming soon. This uh, this isn't a preview like the other ones. This was this is a preview of what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Um, which means they are going to go gangbusters with the release of this, and that's not a good thing in my eyes. Uh, I would have preferred that they released it a little little bit more sparingly um, because if they're going to be doing a huge expensive box set like this every month or two, that's too frequent, I think. But we'll see. Let's move on from Games Workshop and we're going to talk about a game that we've spoken about before. But I think it was Socks that was on the episode with me when we discussed Altar of of the Dead Gods. Do you remember it, Socks? Uh, I think I do slightly. So this is a game that was a free game being done by a member of the community uh and basically p war game p work war games have actually picked it up uh, th- quite some time ago um as something to actually make products for and release for the international markets uh and not only are they doing that like there's actually a printed version of the rule book as part of this mats obviously because they are a mat making company uh a really good one too i actually got a few of their mats so i highly recommend them but we're actually getting terrain cards there's a free token thing that you can download um this is in both Italian and in English. Um, I just think this is really cool. It's a way that somebody that made a free game can actually make money um, outside of, you know, people donating to them. Um, so, like they had built up a world that made a lot of sense and seemed like something that could have been marketable, but they had done it in a way where they couldn't really make any money. They actually have a product they could sell now. So I really like this. I, I like the fact that somebody from the community that had worked on something has gotten rewarded 
rewarded for the work that they've done. Um, it goes to show that there, there, there still is room in the indie scene for people to actually try and make an impact. Um, yeah. Um, the terrain is probably the highlight for me, I think. I mean, it is simple terrain, but that's not a bad thing. They've designed a modular terrain system. It's all MDF cut. Um, and you can see that in the way that it goes together. But I, I really like it, honestly. Thoughts? Opinions? Um, looks like it's a, a medieval era. Yeah, it's so, yeah, Altar of the Dead Gods is, uh, it's like you're exploring the dungeons uh, for these. It's kind of mi miniature agnostic. Um, they are very much Lovecraftian-esque, mm -hmm. uh, just in case that wasn't insanely obvious from the artwork. Um, and yeah, it's like something will go wrong. It's a matter of when or how it goes wrong. Right. Uh, two players. Uh, the warbands that you have access to are vampires, hunters, blood witches, cultists, pilgrims of the church, and the decadent waltz. That was the one that I don't remember what the decadent waltz was. But basically, there's enough variants in there that you can use whatever fantasy minis you want, really. Sure. Well, I was just curious because, you know, like, just look at this, you know, being very Lovecrafty, you know, just, I've got a couple boxes of uh, Cthulhu, you know, stuff, but it's, you yeah. know, that's more uh, uh, 20s, yeah. 1920s. So, yeah. not... not yeah, no, this, this is very much fantasy-esque. Yeah. So everything but the investigators. Hmm. I mean, you could just say that they come from one of the other things, I suppose. Just because they well, don't no, look but, like vampires doesn't mean they're not vampires. Well, no, like, the cultists would work, the monsters would work but the the dude with a shotgun wouldn't work true that's that's what it is it's just uh, a big stick it <laughs> <laughs> uh, goes boom so i'm looking at this and so you you got the the game map there right that's you know call it 29 euro with the the terrain pack of 29 euro yep so you're looking at 60 euro so probably what 70 bucks ish about the the exchange rate for essentially your play surface which yeah that's not terrible we, no. we look at, like i haven't even started for a full table of terrain no yeah. No, it's not terrible at all. The I, only I downside even... of the mat is that because it's designed for this game specifically, it is all gridded, mm -hmm. um, which I actually I... don't mind because that's the way that the game is, but it means that yeah, it's not I'm... something you could use widely. That's that's not a deterrent for me either. That that kind of helps keep, you know, things in, you know... I mean, if if you're having to measure range and stuff like that, that's a little bit of a cheat, but um, the other thing too is, uh, uh, you know, what I was saying was, you know, that's not terribly bad because, you know, I still haven't even begun to look at, you know, you know a mat and... and some train for Bushido yet. True. Yeah. So it's also worth noting that this, let's say, thirty euro mat is a mouse mat mat as well, which is pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's not a cheap cloth mat. This is actually the decent stuff. Uh, I have three of their mats, and the printing on them is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I honestly couldn't say a negative thing about them, um, and I will definitely recommend them. Uh, otherwise, I think we'll move on. So this one is nice and quick. War Games Illustrated. We kind of talked about um, the uh, the the survey that they did every year. Uh, the best rules for 2023 was Burrows and Badges, which we will be talking a little bit about later. Uh, we also, so this actually comes from Oathsworn Miniatures, uh, but we're also going to preview of the campaign that's launching onto Kickstarter next next month. We've got like this really fancy look, you got to go to the right just by the way, mm -hmm. the really fancy looking badger with the giant sword and I'm not 100% sure what the other creature is. I want to say it's a shrew. I would say it's a shrew or a weasel, which yeah, yeah. it's such a, it looks so small to be a weasel. Weasels can be small. Hmm. But anyway, I just thought it was worth, because we did touch on that um, survey um, and Burrows and Badges is something that's had my attention a little bit lately. Um, and yeah, it's also what we're going to talk about in the indie. Parabellum! This was last week. We finally got a preview of what the next army is going to be. They are called the Sorcerer Kings. So every so often we get a preview of what the next army is going to be and they kind of go through one army at a time. Um, 
every faction that they do seems to step up the sculpting from them as well and this does not disappoint much like the other ones this is very much taking a fantasy trope that's out there and putting their own spin on it so this is very much like the first one that you open up is they are very much genies um but they don't they kind of feel like traditional genies to me um it's not like a disney one where no. it's just uh, basically a ghost but i've got a, i'm called a genie so i'm a genie um they kind of feel more like the dnd gin is it the gin in dnd mm -hmm. uh there's, there's that's what they feel like to me yeah there's gin and a free and the yeah they they look very good these are very um because these are very flame genie type yeah they're, they're very reminiscent of some of the uh the illustrations from the uh the old school set uh arabian nights from magic the gathering yeah yeah i could yeah. see that um the next one which are also called a freight but these ones are more close combat-esque type things we have very much some very traditional looking swords honestly uh and i really like these swords they look like they might be a tad fragile but that's kind of that these are a larger miniature though so they might be fine um if that was a 28 mil scale you might have a bit of problems but because the scale on these is 38 they should be a bit bigger and thicker so you should be okay i think the details and the blades like we don't have a close-up of the blades but they it looks gorgeous what about the 360 does it show it? anything close kind of so it looks like they they've got flames, flames coming on, off yeah which look nice though. i really do i really do like the look of these up next we have the ghouls which is perhaps the only yeah i mean this is the only version of ghouls from like a middle eastern type and it's a very vaguely middle eastern persian type look but i don't think i've ever seen anybody do ghouls i would argue these are more uh india than, than yeah. yeah actually yeah yep but i don't think i've ever seen ghouls done from that region no i could be wrong i, I mean i'm sure they've probably been done somewhere at some point in time but you know, from what i'm noticing like so this is a a, a very dual region mashup because you got a lot of the very you know arabian knights middle eastern type of influence but then like you have the maharaja sorcerer sorcerer king right that's yep. very you know hindu indian influence right there and, and the flame vibes just I, I really like what they're doing because mm -hmm. the flames on the zombies is, i love the beard made of fire that is just cool kinds of cool yeah. i'd honestly be if these were mine i'd be tempted to do all of the facial hair like that after seeing how that beard is painted so this guy with the giant mustache in the middle i'm painting it fire like there's just no way i'm not hey correct me if i'm wrong but is there a head on top of a flame in the background there the guy with the giant mustache behind him it looks like there's a zombie where so, the head is coming up like this so i think that's a model behind it and the guy with the mustache has his hand out and his hand has the flame in it oh so it's just an optical illusion yeah no you're right yeah it's yeah an illusion. Ooh. oh well uh we also have as you mentioned the maharaja king and it just looks like a king that's like so this is like the person that's bringing all of this stuff to life and controlling everything um really ridiculously fancy looking stave um i've got less to say about I, I like the beads the beads are cool any other thought on the maharaja nope not really no and then we have raj which i assume is the giant thing for this army um does it tell me no it doesn't it doesn't tell me what size that base is. oh no it can't be a giant it's only 25 bucks um and this is just it's definitely bigger though so this must be like a medium-sized troop where it's kind of just this giant muscly guy i want i kind of want to say the immortals from 300 is the vibe 
vibe I'm getting because the face is all covered behind <clears> the um behind the armor and stuff. Yep. I don't know if that's what the idea is. That's just the vibe that I have. Like like I said, I th this is a good mashup of you know those two regions of you know the Hindu. This is the thing I really like about Conquest. Every time they do one of these tropes, it's done in a way that's their own, as opposed to just doing the same thing everybody else has done. Uh, I'm gonna fail on this next one. The Rajuka Rajako Rajakar. I don't care. That one. Uh, these look Roger like actual Poo? regular oh. troops. This is the only one I've seen so far where there's no flame vibe on them. Um, so not everybody is undead gin or whatever it is that they are supposed to be. Um, this is just regular troop guys, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Really cool. Definitely more armor than, than the ghouls. Yeah. But I like these two. Ghouls don't need armor. They're socks. If they're throwing fireballs. Right. And then we have the Sadar or Sadar, but I think it would be Sadar, which is, again, appears to be just a giant, well, not giant, but it's it's a larger model larger. quite clearly a hero figure um or it's a hero actually i think you might be right i think it's a hero figure by the look of that uh recently developed serviceman re-enlist re yeah okay yeah so it's a hero that yeah it's a hero model then and then we have finally the sorcerer king's sorcerer so this is another hero model this is going to be one of the people that's leading your armies and I, I, I kind of i like this is the preview model they do like a limited edition model and it will come out later again but with a slightly different sculpt and a usually like just just ever so slightly different um i really like this the jill wands is an interesting touch um i'm not saying that in a negative way it's just i've not really seen somebody do somebody with jewel wands before they almost look like they're unicorn horns so the, the one thing i'm going to say here too because you know and not knowing a lot about conquest because you're the one who uh jumped into that and whatnot bruce but um <clears throat> to me that uh that army box 160 bucks for the two ghouls two ghoul, ghoul squads uh the regular the regular troops uh one thing of the Afrits and then the the Sorcerer King. Yep, seems like a really good price. So, Their box but... starter sets are really good value. Yeah, um, that's the way that I should have bought in when I bought originally. Um, I didn't because it wasn't available at the time, so I bought everything separately. But um, I kind of it's another one of those things where I really hyper focused and decided to buy everything at once, which is not it's not the smartest way to buy into a game when you're going to do it. Um, but no, it's it's really really good value. So the sort the actual the Maharaja is the hero model in this one you're getting one lot of the afrites two lots of the ghouls and then two lots of the regular troop guys so this is a very troop heavy box uh and obviously you're going to be buying other stuff on top of it but yeah i think this is really really looking for really 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 looking good all right tt combat uh, a couple of sm i don't know who they are tt combat okay well this is a guy called louis that owns a business and he used to have somebody with him called lewis that we got along with very well uh we do get along with louis as well this is just a banter um, something that we got asked about about eight or nine months ago, and we were like, oh, no, they don't seem to sell it anymore. I don't know why. And when I asked Louis, we basically got told, watch this space. Um, and here it is. Warm build. The, the 15 mil modular table is back. So this there's two versions I've got linked here. One is just the tiles themselves, and the other one is that plus all of the buildings. Uh, so it's, it's literally a table for 150 pounds, um, and it looks honestly really good this is 15 mil scale obviously my thought here is drop zone commander but you could easily this has been laid out in a way that's very clearly supposed to be imperialis uh or epic or whatever it is that you want no it can't be epic it's smaller again yeah i was gonna like but, 15 mil that's a good happy medium for the 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 smaller scale warhammer but it's not too off for drop zone mm -hmm. the only is it big enough like play area wise for drop zone though is my question yeah if anything the only thing you'd want to change would be to add more buildings uh, maybe five by 
by four, you play on a, a four by four for drop zone generally. Okay. So you'd cut off one five, one edge and five by four, five by four. Oh, it is too. Wow, that's which is a, a unique choice. It's yeah, that's weird because normally it's a six by four or a four by four. I've never heard of. I suspect that's a typing error. It, I count five because... tiles by four tiles. Box oh, is no, right. You're right. Yeah, that's really weird. We might have to reach out. That that's a really odd choice. It's a very odd odd table size because you'd have to buy two sets or I mean my assumption would be is that these would get released separately at some point um like they're not going to be bundles forever because yeah. you can't make money selling bundles forever you can already buy the, the the building separately anyway um actually no it's not all of the building types um but yeah there you go 15 mil oh no sorry T 8 to 10 8 to 10 so this is drop zone size 5 but the 5 by 4 is yeah, so really weird I didn't even notice too. that <clears throat> so it's probably it's probably done like that um my, my thinking here is so it's a 5 by 4 so you have two extra tiles to mix and, mix and match with to vary up your gameplay without having excessive amounts of extra. True. I mean, it depends on the size of the game that you're playing. 4x4 four four is not uncommon for drop zone. Um, and so you can yeah, vary it around a little bit. It'll be interesting to see what other tiles they end up coming with once this gets separated out. And then, last but not least. Actually, no, this is not last. First things first. Uh, Relics, which is another one of the games that TT Combat bought ages ago uh, and hasn't really done anything with since. Uh, we spoke last episode about how Home Raiders is on the verge of coming back. So we also have Relics on the way of coming back as well. Uh, this isn't going to be Kickstarter or anything. This is just something that's going to get launched. Um, and basically, this is just a tease to say that it's coming. And when we were talking about Home Raiders last episode, uh, we had a message from Louis that had said that it was going to be Kickstarter and he was hoping that it was going to be early this year. Well, it's not the first one they're doing this year. They have decided to do Half Tilt first um if you have been following this industry for a long time full tilt was a game that got released in white dwarf it was never really an official game it was just like an idea that somebody had and basically it was um oh, what do you call this when they're running at each other with the poles jousting jousting it, yeah it was a jousting game basically uh they have done this with halflings so therefore it is half tilt to my knowledge this is the first time this has been produced as an actual game uh now i don't know what's happening as far as um, rules is concerned I would assume that it's being tweaked and so forth because the original rules were like it wasn't a game it was just I think it was like a two page spread um, and that's really all it was but it's going to be interesting to see when, when this happens it's happening next week 25th of January so it's going to be interesting to follow there should be a lot of really gorgeous minis for this we have been seeing teasers of that on the TT Combat website already uh, they've been teasing like a new a new miniature for it every week uh, if you go through the TT Combat page you can actually see a whole heap of them just one page after the next so it's going to be interesting to see where this goes and I'm keen to follow it honestly last but not least for the news Shout there's a few things that got yeah th there was a few things that got teased but I think this was the one that stood out to me the most uh, which is the lead by example squad pack uh, so I don't think this is the first time that we had seen this uh, the, the Ahsoka model for example we definitely knew that was coming yep. uh, because that was the model that got released and upset everybody because it was a preview that only like four people on the world could get access to uh and then this is the like the full-on version of that yep. so and it makes sense like especially if you know the show and stuff i haven't watched all of the show but i know enough of it to know why this set is together the way that it is yeah that's it's a very st strange grouping with plo Koo, uh ahsoka and then you know the group of troopers like that's a it almost seems like uh we need to get these into the game here uh 
Um, this is pulled directly from Clone Wars. No, I understand, it's, yeah. but it's still just a, it's an odd grouping. Uh, there's a specific episode that comes to mind where Plo Kloon and three troopers are kind of stranded in space, and she refuses to give up on finding him. I suspect that's the inspiration for this, but I don't know it for a fact. Um, I will say this: my uh, favorite model is the uh, the squad leader, Plo Koon. No, no, or for the, the for the troopers, Commander Wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is that is amazing. Yeah, yeah, the dive shooting. I agree. Um, yeah. Shall we move on to an indie? Indie definition: independent type slang word jargon. I was almost going to skip this this episode, but after looking so heavily and focusing on it so much this week, well, I say this week since Friday, uh, I decided I want to talk about Burrows and Badges. This is another one of these games that I've kind of been. It's kind of been on the cusp of things I've looked at for a very long time, uh, but I've never played it because it, I didn't know anybody that was playing it. Uh, I found out on Friday that one of the friends that I play with regularly bought the book and would love to play it at some point but he has nobody to play it with and I've kind of been hyper focusing on it ever, ever since. So Burrows and Badgers is a skirmish game of anthropomorphic animals. So the first thing that comes to my mind to describe this to you two is are you familiar with the wind in the willows? Mm-hmm. I was thinking the uh, uh, Robin Hood from Disney with the fox. That, that was the next place I was going to go um, because yeah that, that's the easiest way to describe it. At this particular point I'm just going to start by looking at the gallery uh, because I just think it's it's an easy place to start just going through the models one at a time it's just photos of stuff that's been done by by folk i quite like the the mole monk at the at the stonehenge type thing although it reminds me of whatever the circle is called that aslan gets killed on in the line the witch in the wardrobe it's just all kinds of fun so this it's cool. literally it's medieval folk but if they were if they were animals so you've got badger knights you've got mouse thieves that's what that little mouse carrying the bag is it's meant to be a, a thief or a burglar i think they call it we've got our squirrel oh, rangers oh, here there's what a shrew the zerker yeah yep the shrew zerker actually comes in one of the starter sets see if i could find the picture of the shrew zerker right next to the badger fox there it is otter and rabbit in between those it's just so much fun like sometimes there's ideas that like, this is a, a really cute silly idea but it's an idea that just works so well that you kind of question why this wasn't done 15 years ago this game at this point i think is four years old it actually it has actually been around for quite some time uh this is another one of the games that's like this is one of the success stories out of Kickstarter because there are there are games out there that have actually existed for long enough to be successes and I, I love everything about it. Um, if you scroll, I did provide the link, but if you didn't send the second link down the bottom in download links, the very first one is the link for Oathsworn Miniatures, which is who sells the miniatures. Uh, the terrain all gets done by Sarissa Precision that we've spoken about before. Uh, they actually on the very front of the page they give you an idea of what postage is going to cost for you. So the value of your order and where you are in the world. So I'm going to order, let's just say, £50 worth of stuff. And I'm in Australia, so it costs me £20 in postage. Uh, George is going to order the same amount. He, he spends £23 in postage. Which is weird. Normally it's the other way around. Look, it's actually you're super. Like- <laughs> That doesn't it's, make sense, usually. N- normally, it's the other way around, but the UK, generally speaking, is actually cheaper for us. Um, I could order well, exactly well, the same item from the UK and exactly the same autumn or item from the US, and I will pay probably half in postage, if not more. Um, but you'll also see rest of the world is £17, and that is less than both of us. So it just depends on where you are, pretty much. But under Burrows and Badges, if we go to Game Rules and Starter Bands, probably the mo- makes the most sense to start with. 
with. So you can buy the rule book for the better part of 20 pounds and it comes with a free mouse burglar and that it's a soft cover, I think. Wait, is this? No, no it's a hard cover. Um, for a hard cover book, that's insanely good value. That's pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, and the fact that like, it actually comes with the, the mouse burglar as well is kind of... It, the mouse burglar is like 20 mil tall. So it's less than an inch tall. It's really small and cute. That's a 30 mil base that it's on. And then you've got two starter bands. I'm going to open up them both. I'm going to start with A though, just because, well, you start with A and then B. And these are just example crews that you could start with. So this first one that I've opened up, we've got ourselves an adder mage, which is the snake in the background, holding that stave. He's coiled around the stave. Um, we've got a squirrel witch, which is over on the other side with a little wand going. We've got a mouse shield maiden, which is here in the front. Again, like that's the, these are all next to each other, so you can see differences in sizes. The weasel soldier is in the background, and this is what I was saying earlier about that it looked like it was the wrong size. Uh, we've also got a hair knight, which is bigger again. And then the mouse knight I just uh, is the other unpainted mouse here in the front. And, but it also comes with polyhedral dice, um, and you're looking at £22.50. These are all single-piece metal models, by the way. So no super glue, no crap. It's just simple one-piece models. You, you had me up until metal. <laughs> I thought I was the one that was supposed to hate metal minis. I detest them. Um, supplied unpainted, so yes, obviously you need to paint them. That is kind of the point. Uh, starter set B, roughly the same size. Uh, so we have the Shrewzerker, which George had a look at and loved a little minute ago. The Sparrow Warrior just makes me laugh. I just think it's so funny. Uh, a Sparrow Warrior makes no sense at all, but that's kind of why I like it. We got the Rabbit Archer, which I actually really like. I really like the Rabbit Archer. Uh, we have a Mouse Nun on the other side, an Otter Pirate, which I just love. I love his muscles underneath his jacket. It's just that, so cool. That's utterly adorable. <laughs> <laughs> And then finally, we have the squirrel ranger that appears to be shooting an arrow into the ground for some reason. Again, you get polyhedral dice. This actually uses essentially a set of D&D dice. Uh, and basically, the way that the game works is depending on what stat it is, you'll have a stat that's 1D4, or maybe it's upgraded to be 1D6, or maybe it's upgraded to be 1D8. So the variance is always still there. It's just the range of that variance gets better the higher your stat is. Um, so it's really, really simple in that way. But I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, same price as the other one, £22. And then otherwise, up at the same point, burrows and badges, go to miniatures. We're not going to look at all of this. Um, the only downside I have to say about this website is I really wish that there was a, that they'd done it in categories, even if it was just species. So I can click mm -hmm. on mice and look at all of the mice, bat, and look at all of the bats and so forth. I think that would probably be easier than categorizing them by type because the way you, that the game is, is kind you, of... You should sort them by uh, price highest first. Yep, good plan. And then and go we'll to... Start by looking at what I'm going to call Rupert the Bear. What do you want to look at? The the bear. Yep, because I really like this bear, actually. I'm not 100% sure what sort of bear it is. I kind of want to say it's a black bear. There's no way this is a grizzly. I mean, this is based in England, so I'm assuming it's a black bear or a brown bear. Because grizzlies brown. are specifically... North England, American. Uh, and North American, right? Brown bears and grizzlies are the same thing, too. So. Well, are they? I thought they were different species. In North America, though, they're the same thing. I have just learned something. Uh, you know I, I just love this guy. He's so cool. Do you know what a pizzly is? Uh, it's a mix between a polar bear and a grizzly. Okay, good, good. Uh, so this is a resin model. There are resin models amongst them, but it's just... Yeah, could, could you imagine something this big being metal? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it would be stupidly expensive. Uh, you well, can buy a heavy. full... The Stoatbart haulage is a complete set. Do we get like this cart being protected by all these weasels? They're of course, the weasels are evil. It says it's a Stoatbart haulage complete set. It comes with a medium stoat and weasels. You've got we stoats and weasels. 
Thistles there. Okay. Um, now, there's also, where's the dog? Bulldog Knight. Please open the Bulldog Knight because this is arguably my favourite miniature from the range. And I will say this now, I am buying this miniature because I am painting this and I'm going to play with it. Because come on, that is awesome. I'm not seeing a Bulldog. Bulldog Knight. You you sorted by price, highest first, right? Why did uh, A to Z? You told me to go highest first. Right, but you said <laughs> you said Bulldog, so I then sorted A to Z. Do it by price, highest to lowest and you'll find the Bulldog Knight. That does look pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, this is, like I said, this is my favorite. That's a good sculpt on that face too. Right, it, It's amazing. It looks really good. I can even tell you what I'm going to call mine. I've started building a war bandit in this little piece of software that I found. I'm calling mine, where is it? He's Beaufort the Bull and he's the leader and his group is called Bullies Boys. So this makes no sense. What doesn't uh, make any sense? Well, I sort from by A to Z. Okay. Yes. And then I go to page two and we have Beagle Tracker, Beaver Deacon, Beaver Mercenary, Platypus Hunter. Yeah, I know. Black back down to Black Brat. And then we have a Herman's Tortoise after the Border Terrier Knight. Uh, that, yes, and that Platypus is the only Platypus in the game at this point, weirdly. Um, though I do know somewhere that sells Platypus miniatures and we've looked at them before quite recently. Do you remember the Budgie Pirate that we spoke about on the Indie a few episodes ago? That was like insanely cute trying to look like he was tough? Yes. No? Yes. Yeah, I, I am printing that and I'm going to use that in my crew. So, <clears throat> with the Beagle and the Border Collie and the Bulldog, I'm now, oh my god, there's a Chihuahua even. Yeah. Yes. I'm looking to see if there's a Corgi. Uh, um, I think I, I saw think, one. I think there is. Or was it a Cocker Spaniel? Hang on, I thought I saw one somewhere. I saw the Cocker Spaniel. There's a Chihuahua. No, there's no Corgis that I can find. That's disappointing. However, there's a Drunken Weasel. <laughs> Ah, uh, there he is. Yep. Oh, and he really does look drunk too. Oh, that's amazing. Um, up in search, at the top of every page, you've got search. Type in gang. Oh my God, I can barely read that. Open up the adder ganger. Not giving me anything. Do a search for gang, as in gangs. Yeah, like I was. Gangs. Yes, I, yeah, I understand. I was still in uh, the weasel page though. That's why okay, I told you to search. Okay, I'm. Go back it's to the not main, working. Go back to the main default page. Yeah, it's not working. That's odd. I could pull it up. I go to burrows and badgers. I click on miniatures. I'm on the the home bros badgers miniatures i click search i type in gang i check the the radio any of these words hit search search results for gang zero products found that's all awesome. go a for a uh golf, Al- <laughs> golf alpha november golf there we go that's proper alphanumeric do, pronunciation did you see all of these words any of these words do all of these words and see if it makes any difference no it makes no difference it's so weird. okay there's something <laughs> there's something wrong with your machine because i can go it. yeah it's it's clearly a window it's clearly a microsoft thing Mac, go no, a to z google chrome go a to z it's the second miniature what's Z? this is what i work with folks this is what i work with i don't i don't even get paid to work with this idiot and it's right there on the first page add a yep. ganger and he's glorious uh i am digging the scale texture on that that's uh yeah that's really good that. yeah i want to say it's a i want to say it's a rattler just because of how rough those scales look. I, could well, be wrong. I mean, it says it's an adder, but they're probably just exaggerated too. I was but say yeah, like you can, you could go nuts with this website. Like I've not looked at most of this. We've only looked at a very small part part of it. Sox, did you see the mouse ganger? I did. When we were looking at the gang stuff. I like the adder warrior because he's got armor plate. He's coiled up just a little bit differently, but then he's got armor plate all the way down the, his back. Oh, he does too. That's pretty cool actually. Oh, yeah. that is brilliant. I didn't even notice that. Oh, no. that's amazing. Um, I'm going to find something and then I'll tell you what page it's on. So, so I'm currently in A to Z. A to Z. Uh, yep. <laughs> go, to, go to page 14. Okay. 
right. Yep. Open up the stoat. Uh, sorry, the stag beetle grubs. Hey, look, it's it's woodlice. Well, sort of. So it's also an armored version of them, but I can't find. What what I would really like to see in this, just because it's such a great meme. So they have badgers, right? And they're painted up to very obviously look like the cute, adorable looking English badger. Yep. They need to have uh, a badger berserker that's based off the North American badger, which looks like a meth addict that's going to stab you and just shred you to pieces. Or the honey badger. Either one. Well, no, the honey badger still kind of looks cute. He's just like you know, he, he's cute, but you don't screw with him. The North American badger does not look cute, and you don't mess with him either. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, there's a West Highland Terrier on the last page. On page twelve. Twelve. Yeah. What am I looking at? Row, top row, far to the right, red kite mercenary. Oh yes, just a massive raptor bird. It's just gorgeous. That the the feathers on that are amazing too. Yeah. Some of these are pretty freaking stunning little things. Yeah. And when I say little, I mean like they've got to be small for that price they're charging for them. Well, that raptor that he just pointed out is ninety mil tall as a single piece for twelve dollars fifty. Sorry, for twelve euro fifty. It's just gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. These are these All are right. pretty cool uh, anthropomorphic uh, representations. Yeah. Um, part part of me wants to do a D and D campaign based off you know and these are the characters. I've wanted fun. to do a campaign like that for a while. But there you go. That's Burrows and Badges. Let us move on to hobby time. Dream blue crying paint. Socks, your room is tidy. My room. Uh, I haven't done much hobby because my parents were in town uh, and they just left town this past Monday. So uh, they were in town for about a week. So I haven't had much time to, to do hobby. And then uh, you haven't been paying attention to the world. World events is kind of getting crazy in a part, in part of the world. So we've been kind of busy at work. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, actually on, I'm actually on call and may have to do a telecon tomorrow in the middle of the day to figure out what's it, going on. It wouldn't have anything to do with the Houthi, would it? Mm, uh, maybe. Them and uh, Pakistan. It, it mm. might have something to do with things that he cannot cannot confirm yeah so but yeah my table is cleared off uh because i'm wanting to there's a couple of guys that i play at my, at my local game store and one of them is just bought his french fleet for the for black seas uh another guy is buying into the british and i'm uh getting more spanish i haven't painted anything yet uh partly because it's been way too cold and i can't prime anything yet um yeah i know <laughs> It's not cold like George's Wyoming, but it's been cold for us Floridians down here. Um, so because you've bought the Spanish fleet, does this mean that you're going to spend twice as much on your fleet as everybody else and then it all sinks to the bottom and becomes useless anyway? Yeah. Which is it. essentially what happened in history. Yeah. Because they lost much. the war and all their money went to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. But uh, we plan on uh, buying enough so we can eventually do the, the whole Battle of Trafalgar in terms of line ships, which is going to be 27 French and Spanish on one side and 33 British or vice versa, whatever it is on the other side we're gonna try and do that before i leave and so i'm picking up some more spanish uh here soon so i can sounds add, fun. yeah we're gonna play on a is, that, is that the battle i'm thinking of when i'm making the jokes about how the spanish just lost and everything became bad for them yeah okay i thought that's what it was but i wasn't sure yeah it was that was part of it so yeah we're, we're I'm, I'm excited to see it one of the other guys that i play dystopian wars with he actually was chatting with me uh during the recording he's like so do i buy this set and i'm like you could buy that set or you could get this other set and so i think he's gonna be buying some british choose we'll have two british players most likely which will help so that one player isn't playing the entire british navy yeah uh, and then I'll, I'll play the spanish half and then my other buddy will play the french half and so we'll have a two-on-two trafalgar game here in a couple couple months uh so i'll try and get as much of my stuff painted over the next little while and uh organized and have some videos yeah. and stuff like that so no nah, it should be good uh you've also been playing something else that you cannot you can't really talk about but you can give us opinions on it yeah tell so us about armor clash i am a as most of you know i'm a war host for work radio games so i am i've been also 
selected to be a beta, beta tester or beta tester, however you want to pronounce it. It's beta here in the States. Um, Pretty sure we say beta too. Not in the UK, it's beta. But anyways, uh, uh, for, to be armor, beta too. Yeah, for Armor Clash, which is War Cradle's new uh, 10 millimeter ground combat epic scale game. And I was able to get some of the unit files and, and play test it uh, on my table back here. Um, my other Warhost uh, buddy Johnny and I are trying to figure out because he's also been selected to play test it. We're trying to find some time that we can play it together. But I like the game so far. I can't talk much about it, obviously, right now. Um, but I really do like the mechanics of, of how things activate. Um, like most games, it's an alternate activation game. Um, yep. And so we activate back and forth. But in Dystopian Wars, you have these Valor and Effect, uh, Valor and Victory cards, which allows you to do different things to earn victory points and allows you to do the things that affect the rules a little bit by playing these Valor. West Exodus is just the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they have the same kind of card setup mechanic in uh, Armor Clash, but it's a little bit different. And these cards can affect units in different ways, not only when they're shooting, but also with morale checks, for example. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's so kind of, the, cards, it, the cards that he's referring to, basically, you have a, a hand of cards, which is how you will score points in the game. Yep. But if you need a bonus, these cards will also have another side to them. So they're printed so that one side is what you can score on, and the bottom half is... Basically, it'll break the rules for you in a way to help you in this one particular situation but you're giving up points you're giving up potential points to get that bonus uh it's maybe my favorite gaming mechanic i've seen card wise um because it just you get a bonus it makes you feel really good but you have to genuinely give something up for it um, actually as show what something looks like because i got my son's dystopian war cards so on the top half is their victory like bruce was saying it's their victory condition on this one for example if you destroy a mass one unit or and an assault or SRS attack, you get an extra VP if you do so. Uh, but then on the other side is a Valor effect. And I know it's kind of hard to see because it's kind of blurry. There's numbers in these two corners and those numbers uh, determine the value of success that your Valor effect can do uh, throughout the game. So very, very cool mechanic that they've built. And so they have the same style of cards. They're they're unique because they don't want to have the same game mechanics in Dystopian Wars as they do in Armor Clash in terms of card effects. Yeah. So they're a little bit different. So it's 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 been fun uh, playing the game. Um, so I'm looking forward to the release. They are still planning on releasing it sometime this year. Uh, we haven't heard an official date yet, um, but that is the plan. They're wanting to tr release it sometime this year. So yeah, sounds good. What have you been up to, George? Uh, not too much. I did. I know I was in the process of doing it. I did get a uh, case completely printed. Well, I'm working on the the mesh side panels, but those aren't necessary. Um, and I'm really impressed. If you have a 3D printer that can do, you know, th these panels laying down flat, I highly recommend spending the money on on this setup. So that is the entire uh, Battle Force box I got last year for uh, Casodis a few years ago uh, with the big guy in the, the far back corner there. And they all fit in there. Yeah. Like, fairly That's easy. Nice. So, and the, the handle, I mean, it's it's all very sturdy. And none of this is glued together either. This is all still just press fit together. So, so if you um, glue it at a dining be even better correct now the one thing i will say for for people like you bruce where you go by motorbike i don't know if i trust it as a as a carrying case but yeah hang on still hold on to that because there's something else i want to point out I, I want you to point out what was my favorite feature when i looked at this yesterday oh yeah so if you can see here there's a, a line running down this uh panel here and what happened was so i don't know if i'll show up the the filament color was called marble and there's some, some black speckling and i've been having issues with this filament clogging the the nozzle and it clogged right here and i was able to get it cleared but it left some uh some line striation in the uh 
the the panel print. So it, it just it just so happens that I think it looks really yeah, cool with that error in it. It's it just worked out well. Yes, it's a, it's a very uh, happy accident. So um, I'm I'm very pleased uh, w- with the design of the case. I'm more than stoked that I backed the Leviathan project. Um, without just just look at the images of that uh, the Omni case people like their king ca- carrying case they did. Um, I think it's just absolutely inferior to what uh, Warganizer's done. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think next on the the docket, and I, I'm still fighting with the the level on my printer bed. I've about got it dialed in. Is I'm going to do one for my uh, tree army, and I don't know if I'm going to do a a double wide one of those, or if I'm just going to do the full on Leviathan because the the tree lords take up a lot of space size wise. They're they're big yeah. minis. So um, I I infor- infor- unfortunately he lives over in, in the UK, but uh, our uh, old host uh, Nigel from Huddle Z, yes. he sold his army on eBay, and I was very sad at how much I saw it went. Well, when I last looked, uh, it was like the big uh, beetle bunch of stuff, like easily several and hundred. That beetle dollars. is gorgeous. Yeah, uh, it went for twenty six pounds. Wow. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I w- I would have paid that in the heartbeat, and and you know the shipping over to the U.S. I just from the U- UK to the U.S. shipping uh, all assembled. Like I was super sketch about like how is it going to survive? Because he had like did a, he did he do that as like bead with no reserve or something? I did look to see if there's no reserve. I for, from the from what I was gathering, he was just like I need this gone. So. Like if you're letting an entire army go for twenty four pounds, that's like that's not okay. But, but if you just that, want it, want it gone and you, you don't care, I mean that's you know true. Hopefully but, it got bought out by somebody that will use it and not somebody that will split it and make money off it, which right. is probably but yeah, what's going to happen. But like you know, there's Kurnoth warriors, there's the dryads, there was you know at least I think two yeah. to the tree lords. Uh, I think he had three of the trees, like the tree kits. So like I would have in a heartbeat, and then I would would have to print a little. <laughs> so um the other thing uh i forgot to mention this uh even with all my nozzle clogs and whatnot that case prints on a kilogram reel with no issue nice so so it's you like break... a 20 pan... it's a 20 dollar box right yeah so you figure 40 dollars for a double wide and then the, the leviathan's gonna be an 80 dollar case which if you look at how much battle phone costs and whatnot oh yeah that's it's pretty comparable if not cheaper yeah plus no you can, it pick would what, be cheaper. you can pick what color you want yeah so um yeah no, it's yeah, it's definitely good. I played a game this week, which is so unusual. I haven't really played anything for a good couple of months. And if I remember correctly, not only did you play a game, but you said you won. I know yeah, it's amazing. You, like, we make the joke about me losing all the time. Also, for the record, this is a game with d sixes. What uh, like, you didn't roll we make ones? this running joke? I mean, I did roll once, but clearly not as much as I rolled everything else. We, we make a joke about how I roll once all the time on on, on the podcast. This, for those that don't know, this comes from me fairly notoriously being hate by dice this isn't just i'm going to moan and complain about it because things didn't go my way i have witnesses many witnesses over a very long period of time um so we were playing mars code aurora which is it's it's a french game uh it's kind of simplified kill team simplified necromunda uh the world is basically it, it was a mars colony and something has gone wrong and all of the different factions are now fighting for control over something i was playing with the i want to say they're called the domination basically it was the equivalent of the Necrons uh, and I had some like I had some like close combat robots I had some other robots that had a blade and a laser gun and I had a flamer that died really quickly um I won which is just like I'm, I just don't win games very often it's very unusual for me to win I, I granted like when I was when I'm playtesting um getting ta- when I'm playtesting Adriabicity I'm usually losing anyway because I'm kind of treating it like a demo game where I take all of the risks to see what works out and what doesn't um but just generally speaking I, 
I don't tend to. I've never won a game of Bushido, for example. I did win a game of Bot War, but I'm pretty sure I've only won two games in the last five years. Um, it might be three, depending on when I played Wild West Exodus with Chris last. But I'm pretty sure it was more than five years ago. This is why I play co-op games, because then I don't have to worry about, you know... <laughs> oh, look, I'm not moaning about winning and losing. Like, that, that's just... I just... It, I had a hell of a lot of fun. And not because I won. It was just fun anyway. In fact, I didn't think I was winning until right at the end, where I realized, oh, oh, hang on. Because like things were going well, but they weren't going well enough that I noticed that they were going well. Yeah, um, I, I know what you... Like, um, we were playing Catan, and when I say we, uh, Casey, Sam, and my mom, we had never played it before, and, you know, 10 victory points to win, and I'm sitting here calculating, and I win, right? And we're calculating my point, the points and everything. And here's my mom, never played the game before. She's sitting there with nine, like, how'd you do that? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's the best way of winning a game when you don't know how you've done it, too. Like, it's just, it just worked out that way. Oh, she knew what she was doing. She was just being modest. Oh, okay. She picked <laughs> up on things. Nah, that's fair enough. Uh, but no, it's a lot of fun. Um, like I said, it does use D6s. It, it's fairly simple. We were playing a scenario with, like, two drones that were, like, traveling around the board, and, like, that each take a turn in activating. Um, there's a deck of cards. You get a deck. So you get one card for every troop that you have on the ground. Uh, so I had, like, six or seven cards. Other people had five. Other people had six. But then there's three face cards in there as well. If your suit gets drawn, then you get to activate one of your units. If the first face comes up, then the last person that activated gets to choose which of the two drones activates, and then it will move 10 centimeters towards whoever shot last. Uh, if it gets too close to you, you, you can't shoot, basically, because you're inside this bubble where it turns down all of the weapons. Um, when the second one comes up, the other one activates. And when the third one comes up, the round is over, which potentially could mean that you don't actually get to activate all of your units. This happened to me most of the time. Yeah, uh, there was a turn where I only got to activate one person. There was a turn where I only got to activate two people. And then I was pretty lucky on the other ones. Uh, but yeah, but like we had one round where it was like somebody got to activate like three things. Somebody got to activate two things and then I got to activate one. So we kind of all got short changed there. Um, that's, a, that's a really uh, um, interesting uh, element of randomness. It's kind of similar to how Bolt Action do the whole you're drawing the dice out of the bag thing. Because yes, I may get to activate three things in a row, but then I get stuck waiting because all of my stuff's been used and then you just get to ruin me in theory. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but because you don't know when the turn's going to end, you can only plan for so much too. So I, I really enjoyed it. I'm definitely playing it again. Uh, I am definitely building. I kind of, I think I want to build the team that I was playing, but just do it in my own way with my own minis rather than playing with somebody else's. Um, we've also been talking about playing The Doomed with the same group of people. The Doomed is a game from Osprey because Osprey released new games like every three weeks. Some of them are good, some of them are not. It's just one of those things when you're a publishing house. Um, this is, it's a sci-fi world that's kind of gone bad and they've kind of regressed technology-wise. In the book, it, everything kind of looks like it's fantasy-esque but with sci-fi stuff and basically whatever's gone wrong in this world has attracted all of these horrors. It's very Kalu-esque um, and it's just kind of like, it's one of these games where you can kind of do anything you want with it. Um, I have a book incoming for it. I also have the book for Burroughs and Badgers incoming as well, hence why I decided to talk about it today. Um, me and Eugene have already basically, like Eugene was like, oh, I'd, I'd love to play this with somebody one day, but nobody's ever been interested. And I went, I have been looking at this game for four years. I am so in. <laughs> and then I've basically done nothing but look at that for the last two days. <laughs> it's a problem for me. I have to be very careful with it. Now, at least now that I'm self-aware of it, I don't allow myself get out of control all the time like I was here a few years ago. Um, and when it's a game like that, I can spend like a 
hundred bucks and I will never have to buy anything for it ever again. Yeah. I mean, in theory, I could three pre three D print everything as well, but I don't want to do that. I actually want to buy some of the minis because I want them. But I'm buying that bulldog. He is the leader of my crew. <laughs> but I'm going to paint him in a way where he doesn't look like a hero from a paladin background. I'm going to paint him up to look like he's a nasty boy. No, he's a good boy. But yep, he's a very good boy, and he will tell you that with a beating to the face until you believe him. <laughs> uh, I think we will skip game talk, and I will leave that subject for next time, just because we are running a little bit on the lengthy side. Yep. So upcoming. Yep. Um, this is the same stuff that we mentioned last time, but I still want to go through it. Uh, Melbourne Figure Painting Collective uh, takes place on the last Sunday of every month. It happens at the Kathleen Syme Library, which is 251 Faraday Street in Carlton from 12 till 5. I should probably try and prime some stuff so that I can go. Because in theory, I could go this month, I think. Maybe. I've got to double check. Do they have Do they have good Wi-Fi there? No idea. Um, because it's a Faraday. Faraday cage. Blocks. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so I can't resist them. <laughs> Danger Close. Uh, this is the Drop Zone Commander Tournament that's taking place at Bristol Gaming Collective. Takes place on the 28th of January. Uh, it is 1,750 points. You can get tickets from eventbrite.com. Um, oh, on the previous one, instagram.com slash m for Mary, f for Fred, p for Peter, dot collective. Uh, we also have the Drop Fleet Commander Space Station competition going up. That's actually coming towards the end now. Um, so you've only got a couple of weeks to get your stuff finished. Um, so you need to be a member of the Drop Fleet Commander community. You should be a member of that anyway, quite frankly, uh, if you're into Drop Fleet Commander. Uh, Michelle's post is very easy to find. Just do a search for it. The first part of the competition is a build competition where you're just building something from the kits that TT Combat sell. Uh, you have to have it built and painted by the 31st of January. The second part is a painting competition. So That's this closed. Needs to be a... The best painted is oh, closed. never mind. He okay. just updated us. It's still open. Yep, so the build and paint is still open. Best painted has been closed. Winners have been picked. So, yep, no, that's PT fair. Combat will that. be announcing that. Uh, and finally, Arc Fest. I kind of touched on this last episode. Arc has always been a 40k event and arguably like one of the largest in the country. Certainly the largest in Melbourne. Uh, they are doing Arc Fest. It seems like they're trying to make this like a proper tabletop event. Uh, I mean, PAX has tabletop stuff, but it's not like this. It's mostly everything else. Um, I'm kind of hoping that this goes really well. Uh, I don't know. So there's definitely Infinity stuff. Uh, obviously, there is 40k stuff and that happening. Uh, there's a whole heap of other games that are part of this now as well. It's taking place at the Sandown Racecourse, uh, arc40k.com. I would definitely recommend checking it out if you're into any of the games that's being played. Uh, I think it's pretty fair to say that if you're in Melbourne and you're a gaming person and you want there to be more events like this, you need to go. Uh, I don't know if they sell tickets for like spectator stuff or not. Um, if they do, I might try to go, but I'm, I'm not going as a player because there's nothing there that I play. Um, Marvel Cross Protocol is the other ones there as well. And otherwise, that's it. Thank you to teach, uh, thank you to Valhalla Hobby for sponsoring us. Uh, without them, there's a lot of things that we couldn't be doing. Um, GettingTabled.com is certainly at the top of that list. Um, the actual show at this stage is really much self-sufficient. Uh, I have actually, st I don't actually have to put money into it anymore. I've been doing that pretty much since we started. Uh, George was doing it for quite a long time as well, and like this is the first time we've ever completely 
completely fully had to stop that. So that's wonderful. All, um, all, the, all the lights are on and it's all because of, of the supporters and, and the sponsorship. Yeah. So th- thank you to everyone. Yeah. Valhalla Hobby have a huge range of stuff that's available. You, you can find your 40k stuff. You can find your D&D stuff. You can find your magic. But the thing that I always talk about is the fact that these guys have a real passion for the indie side of the community as well. It's how we both came together. They have a lot of ranges out there. They have all of your stuff from War Cradle. They have all of your stuff from TT Combat. You can buy your Bushido stuff. You can buy tons of different things available. If they don't have it in stock, they can get it for you. They have a real passion for the niche side of this business. And we need to be supporting companies that are taking the risk on that. Because it's really easy to get your 40k stuff in and then just live off that. But if we're ever going to see this business evolve to a point where everybody has an equal share of the pie, we need businesses like this to be supported. If you use the code TABLED, T-A-B-L-E-D, at checkout, uh, you'll get a 5% discount on any order over $100. It is a one-year code. Um, and this is not one that will expire now. It's just one that will continue for as long as it is that they are supporting us. Please support the people that support us. Um, they have amazing prices regardless of the discount. So just do what you can. Thank you very much, Valhalla Hobby. Socks, tell people how they can get in touch with us. If you want to become our Patreon for us, uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash gettingtabled. Our website is gettingtabled.com. Our Facebook and YouTube, our Facebook is get, facebook.com slash gettingtabled. And that's where we are most so, uh, active at. So, and then uh, YouTube is getting a little bit bigger. Uh, so please subscribe at youtube.com slash gettingtabled. And then if you're wanting to email us, uh, gmail or gettingtabled at gmail.com. And then X or Twitter and Instagram is gettingtabled. And then you're still doing your Twitch? I'm doing it casually, but yet it's, it's still active. So yep. twitch.tv slash Jason the Bruce. And then he's got a YouTube toy reel at youtube.com slash toy reel. Yep. Um, speaking of the YouTube, um, I mentioned this very briefly earlier. There's a video that I released this week that talks about postal redirection services. If there's small companies out there that have products that you want, but can't offer postage to you in a way that you find reasonable, which is usually because they don't have a choice in the matter, just for the record. Because um, generally speaking, the companies out there that are offering free postage is because they make enough profit that they will just wear that. Um, because it usually means that they're selling things at like 80% their their market value or whatever, which is fine. Everybody's going to make business. But sometimes if you're a small business, you can't afford to take that risk. Um, so redirection services is like a service where you get it shipped to them and then they ship it to you. And generally it works out to be a little cheaper. In the research that I did, I actually managed to save myself quite a significant amount of money. Um, if there are things out there that you can't get for that reason or they don't ship to you for some reason, have a look at the video. Uh, there's no affiliate links in there. There's no nothing in there. It's just information. Uh, I'm very, very proud of that video. So it hasn't been looked at a lot. So hopefully that'll start picking up. Thank you, gentlemen. Yep. And George. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening to Getting Table. Music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mataris at soundimage.org.